It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Welcome to another edition of They Came to Play, the podcast where we dissect, as best we can, the weekend of football. Hello, Danny McGinley. G'day, Leams. Let's not even, uh, let's not talk about anything. I want to get to our guests. Let's not even mention the Bulldogs are on top of the ladder. No, let's not even mention we're 40 percentage hey. points ahead of everyone else. <laughs> we're only two games behind you, so <laughs> don't. Uh, let's bring in a uh, superstar with the St Kilda Football Club and the North Melbourne Football Club for a few seasons, Nick Del Santo. Hello, mate. Great to see you both. Lovely to be fine. I've, I mean, I've listened to you guys on and off for quite a while now. Dead set. And I've just been waiting for that phone call. And it took a mm. passing by of Danny and I to say, hey, do you want to come? And I said, it's about bloody time. Here I <laughs> yeah, am. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> what I'm hearing around the traps is a lot of current footballers, a lot of ex-footballers spend hours staring at their phones waiting for yes. a call from me or Danny to come <laughs> yeah. on the pod and you got yours. Hey, yeah, before we get into the footy, so you guys crossed paths doing a Bet365 ad. We did. Yes. We did. Out we- now on Twitter. Is go, that right? Go have a look. I'll have to find it because I haven't, I know it was maybe a month or so ago yeah. we did it together. It was very lighthearted and very Great fun. enjoyable. Yes. And um, and and good on you. You know, you've got to pay the bills. You, if you get a gig, you, you know, you take it up these days. JobKeeper ran out, so my- that's why. <laughs> <laughs> My issue is with – did you see Shaquille? Is he doing points bet? What's Shaquille O'Neal doing? He's doing one of the 25 big sporting agencies that are out there. He is worth $400 million. And now yeah. Shaquille O'Neal, who I've really liked for a number of years – I just look at Shaquille O'Neal and think, mate, you can go and get stuffed. What a greedy prick to be just thieving $10 million out of Australia. <laughs> the other rumour numbers. Because he thinks to himself, oh, no one's going to notice. I'll just add – would you say $10 million? Oh, it's around the $10 million number is what I've heard. <sighs> He That'll can, pay for milk and bread for a week or two. <laughs> <laughs> get, uh, uh, you yeah. know what? He will go. I don't know if he's a gambling man or not, but I can imagine. You know, that's a weekend in Vegas. Yeah, you know what? It's around the drinks for those guys. I'll get a private jet. Yeah, I'll go to Vegas and. Yeah, and in Shaquille O'Neal's defence, like he needs a lot of bread and milk. He's a big unit. Yeah, he's well as his, so, he is. He's seven check two your of privilege, him. small man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you're off him as a result. I'm off him as a result. Same as Mark Wahlberg. Core. But I lo- I'm, I'm the I love Mark Wahlberg, and I haven't yeah. I haven't added to my opinion on him, of him off the back of doing a gambling ad. But for those, and you guys work in this industry more than I do, you yeah. know you get that odd question, oh, if someone was to play you in a movie, who would it oh, be? Yeah. I'm Mark Warburg. <laughs> yeah, I can see now, that. We don't look the same. Our bodies look completely different. We've had different career paths. But I yeah. would love Mark Warburg to play me in a movie. Yeah, I'm Kate Blanchett. Just because <laughs> she's got depth. <laughs> she <laughs> can do anything. Variety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got real range. <laughs> there, but uh, you know that Mark Warburg one, do you know what uh, annoyed me very much? Not as a uh, comedian, sports broadcaster, as an actor. What apparently happened is um, these the the brief went out to all the the agents, casting directors, saying we need someone to be the face of Ladbrokes yep. or whatever it is. Now I didn't get asked because I'd already done a bet three six five the year before, and I've and I'd told my agent don't even bother. Uh, so um, yeah, then they went out and all these people had to self tape auditions, which means the company did not pay for a casting director or any of their facilities. Because normally you go into an audi- you know an audition house and mm. you all. Sit there and they've got to pay someone to edit it all together and all of that. But actors would have did that themselves and then they just got in Warburg. And they would have had to legally like pretend that they were considering Australian talent, but they just wasted everyone's time. So maybe Ladbrokes were trying to save a little bit of money. Maybe their JobKeeper had finished up as well and they were just trying to save a couple of pennies on the way back. Well, And the same thing happened with Sasha Baron Cohen playing the umpire in the Uber Eats ads for the Australian Open because I did a self-tape audition for that character as well. And uh, yeah, and then suddenly they go, oh, we're going to give this young up-and-comer... Sasha Baron Cohen a go. So, yeah, right. pretty at annoyed. Least they, at least Sasha Baron Cohen bought a bit of Sasha Baron Cohen. At least there was entertainment in those ads. 
even though he's clearly loaded yeah. and doesn't need the money. And the, but Mark Wahlberg, uh, well, you know, I look. Here's the stupid thing about that ad as well. I looked at that ad, and my first reaction was, "Geez, that bloke looks so much like Mark Wahlberg." So I didn't even think it was him. Yeah. Initially, yeah. I thought it was a lookalike, and then the other one was Samuel L. Jackson, who I think did your. Uh, so you guys have taken over from Samuel L. Jackson. It was always yeah, going to happen. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the just inevitable. Keep pushing forward, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it got exactly. squeezed out the other end. I look forward to seeing you two in Pulp Fiction too. Uh, <laughs> when that, oh, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll play the hitman. Sort of thing. Oh yeah, I, I could be one of those other characters in Pulp Fiction that doesn't quite have a great ending. Right. I think we all know which one I'm talking it's, about it's, as well. So it's me. Endings. It's me with a gun at Del Santo going. Admit Revolt's goal in the 2009 <laughs> prelim was touched. Uh, well, let's. Uh, so sorry for that distraction. I just had to get that off my chest. And our actually, I've made a note as well. Our Pacino's. This was. As if it wasn't bad enough, Al Pacino was doing Victoria coffee ads. Remember that? One of the greatest actors of our generation. It's like, mate, just don't. What are you doing? Yeah. He did an ad for a thing called an uh, Cap Al Pacino, but it, then it turned out to be a hoax. It was actually from oh. the film, some Adam Sandler film, but, Jack and Jill, I think. Oh, right. But what is not a hoax is that Warwick Kappa had a mobile coffee van called Cappuccino. Oh. Is that true? <laughs> it's true story. Oh, Kappa. <laughs> Warwick Kappa's the guy that you, no matter what story you hear about him, yeah. it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You just probably, yes. He's got a co- coffee van. <laughs> Even if like someone said, do you know that Warwick Kappa is now a fundamentalist Islamic uh, <laughs> cleric? You go, yeah, I can see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you were Nick Del Santo, if you were stuck on a deserted island and someone said, you have to hear football stories for the rest of your life, mm. Which footballer would you choose Great to hear question. them from? That is a to hear them from or about? No, hear them from. You want to from. hear them sharing because uh, you know some have more stories than others. Some tell them better than yeah, others. Yeah, that's a good one. Kevin Bartlett springs right, to mind. Yeah. Um, I played with a guy called Stephen Baker. Yes, he has a lot of stories to share that are hilarious. They involve him and his family at, at various events. Right, they need to be told at some stage, so I could hear all of them again and just relive those moments. Yeah, right, oh, I'll give you a quick one, and then yeah, we can yeah, get right. into football. Yes. Right. So Stephen Baker is one of the best blokes you'll ever meet, a- sure. an absolute ripper. And if you're going to go have a beer, you want him to be there beside you because you're yeah. going to have a great night. Stephen Milne's very similar. Yeah, and when they're together. It compounds. It becomes right. even better. <laughs> yeah. But I'll give you this quick one about Stephen Baker and, and his family. And we know Bakes is, you know, that hard-nosed, yeah. you know, yeah. dirty sort of play. Like, did whatever he yeah. had to do to win the game. A cheat, yeah, cool. But <laughs> his, his mum and dad are from Colac, and they drive to every game, particularly when we were at Marvel Stadium, and they used to like to socialise in the crowd. <laughs> and these parents had an agreement that whoever was less pissed at half time would therefore stop so they were sober by the time it was drive home. <laughs> oh, that is so that dangerous. Was the, that was what Stephen <laughs> Baker's family was like. They were hilarious, they were brilliant. We just had this pure understanding about we need to get home safely as well. So, my question there is how did they determine? Who was the most sober out of the two of them at half time? I think it came down to the old honesty system. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know how honest they were in that state, but... God, you know what I'd be doing. That's one we, of a million from the Baker family. If that's me and my wife and we go on to watch, you know, my, my son or daughter play AFL, it would just be, I'd go, oh, I'll get the first round of it. Yeah, you sit in the seat. Yeah, yeah, check the stats and everything. I go, we go, uh, one heavy, one mid-strength. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Nice, which reminds me of um, Sam Mitchell told me that at end of year functions, like Mad Mondays, yep. he would always sit near a pot plant. So uh, when he gets yes. beer, he yep. could just tip it into the pot plant yeah. and pretend he's... Because oh, if you sat if you sat on a beer, yep. then you'd cop it from the boys. Yep. So to just get around that, he just go and ditch it. Yeah, we got out. a few of those. Yeah, you want another yeah. one, Sam? Yeah, yeah, I'll have another one. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd end up drinking half a pot. And they go, do they Sam Mitchell hold, holds his alcohol really well, doesn't he? He's <laughs> yeah, been he here all he hasn't moved from next to that pot plant. Gee, the pot plant's growing though. <laughs> <laughs> pot plant's blind. Don't let that drive home. Um, all right, well, let's uh, let's get stuck into the uh, way. Was I tell you what, it's been a really interesting year. So far, and I'm enjoying what I'm seeing for the most part. Oh, yeah. Makes it footy, except I didn't enjoy yesterday, Geelong beating Hawthorne. How many, Nick, interpretations of the holding the ball rule are there at the moment? <laughs> yeah, to me, it's a little bit like, you know when you try buy a pair of sneakers mm. and there's like a UK size, a US <laughs> size, an Australian <laughs> size, a European size? Yes. I feel like there's those different interpretations of holding the ball rule as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a game that we're trying to make more simplistic, so – the average punter, and I'm putting us in that, if people yeah. just love the game, can actually have some sort of understanding. It's still complicated. 
isn't it? Like it's like still it's, so. So yes. So you're at the game yesterday. I right? was. Yeah. So CJ tackles Henderson. Yep. At the top of the goal square, right towards the end of the game, Henderson had had what I would consider prior opportunity. Mm-hmm. He'd had the ball. He'd made his own movement with yep. the ball in his possession. He tried to spin out of trouble. CJ tackled him. The ball fell th- free, after and it was he, after he handballed it. I know the tackle. No, he didn't. About. He got a hand for it. No, no, that's you're thinking of a different one. There was no handball on it. Oh, okay. No. This one, that was one where they fell to the ground. This is one where he was still standing up. The, 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 the one that three. Yeah, the one that I'm also getting confused about, and I should probably know this, the definition of it, is when it's knocked out during the tackle, and I think that's also causing a little bit of well, grey area as well. Yeah. Because my understanding, and I'm with you. And off the back of what happened to Geelong and the Brisbane Lions last <laughs> oh, week. Yeah, so, yeah. And I was calling the game yesterday and I even said, how can that not be holding the ball? How can he expect to get away with that? Yeah. And then the reply from Anthony Hudson was, well, they got away with it last week, so they probably have an <laughs> expectation that that is now the new normal. They've set the precedent <laughs> yeah. last week. I think so. I think that might be it. If it, if So if the tackling player mm. knocks the ball free... That used to be holding the ball. Yeah, incorrect disposal. I, I think it is. As long as they've had prior, it should be by definition. Right. If they haven't had prior, it is just play on. But well, then you, you've got to reward the tackler. Like, they're, yeah. they're, if they're knocking the ball free, I think that's a good tackle, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think there's been a relaxing of also about what prior is. You know, you go back to, was it last year or even the year before? It was like red hot. You pick up the football yeah. and you don't get rid of it almost instantly. Hey, that was your chance. And, it's, <laughs> you know, and you're gone. Yeah. But now it's, hey, you can do a 360 every now and then. You can get a hand to it if you want or if you don't. You can throw the thing. Yeah. There's a, I can understand <laughs> why everybody's a little bit, well, I just don't get it right at the moment. Are there more throws in footy this yeah, year than we've ever seen before? 100%. So is that would that be something that they uh, the players sort of I don't know well they wouldn't practice it no, but, but they, are they aware that they can get away with it so they just go bugger it I'll throw I, it I reckon it's a relaxing that you don't clench your fist so back in the day yeah it was probably more space so you could always do a proper handball now I, I find it's a lot more with that scoop. You know, yeah, a quick yeah. one off the ground where you've, you're about to get tackled, you pick it up, and in the one sort of motion, both your hands are still open that you haven't actually clenched a fist. Yeah. But to the umpire's defence, it's happening so fast. You know, yeah. like they, it's yeah. so hard to see that at the moment. I mean, it's great on TV because you can yeah. zoom in and go back over and look at it. But I think in general, you're spot on. There is more shoveling of the ball, more yeah. flicking of the ball, more scooping of the ball than what we've seen in recent years. And I reckon, I mean, they would never admit this, but I suspect the umpires would have been told, but let's keep this game moving. Let's oh, not. Yeah. Well, this let's, is, no, let's, err, let's err on the side of not letting it go. Yeah, that's why we, Letting the game flow. We need the umpires to be able to do a press conference every week rather than just the umpires no, boss sends can you, off a... Can you imagine the umpires running a press conference? I would love oh. to see Razor. I was going to say, there's only one person that's going to put his hand up <laughs> to do it. Yeah. I would, and I would, man, I would pay money to watch that because mm. he's that great. Would, remember years ago when it was Mick Moldhouse versus Mark Stevens? Yes. And everyone would like get the popcorn <laughs> for those press conferences. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon you'd be getting the popcorn for it a It was a show a within a show, wasn't it? <laughs> it really was. Um, now, Paul Chapman said he didn't like the booing. Of Isaac Smith yesterday. Yeah. Now what? That I mean, is ridiculous. Paul Chapman, seriously, mate. Are you are you joking me? Isn't it? It's fun, isn't it? Good. Did you get? Well, booed? let's put Did it back. Let's put it back on you first of all. Yeah. Did you boo yesterday? What was your emotion watching Isaac I, Smith run around in the hoops? I didn't like it. I didn't like. Well, I didn't like. I don't like seeing anyone in different colours. But I'm also pretty pragmatic. I know. I get that this is what happens in the game. I mean, Sam Mitchell played for. West Coast and Hodgie played for Bren, you know, and Jordan Lewis played for Melbourne. So I get that that happens. But to me, that's just fun. Mm. Booing an ex-player to me is fun. I thought yesterday, as much as I've ever seen someone get booed, was tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. It wasn't serious. It wasn't, we hate you, Isaac Smith, you trade. I didn't get any of that feel. It was, was, you've changed teams, we secretly love you, but we've just got to tell you that this is, it's it's just a little bit of a joke. It's what we do. Yeah. It's standard yeah. procedure. You've gone to the arch rivals. I'm sure yeah. if Isaac Smith was playing for Freo, there wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be this much booing. Yeah. So there's t- there's different categories of booing. Right? There is. We're, so you've got your... Um, you've got your nice fun booing like that, yesterday. Which is what that is. That's fun booing, ex-players. All right. the way down to Adam Goods. And then you've got racist booing, yes. which was Adam Goods. Then you've got sounds like booing. 
which is when Luke Bruce yes. kicks a goal. Oh, yep. And or Josh Mark, Bruce. Josh Bruce. A dry, yeah, or yeah. Mark Rusciuto, whenever it was Rue. Rue. And there's yeah. been a few over the yeah. years. It started with Paul Ruse, didn't it? He was the first one to get the ooh. Remember no, there was the, what about the, um, the, the man from Adelaide? Is it Weedham? They used to go weed. Oh, weed, yeah. yeah there was yeah, a couple yeah. of great ones back in the day. Uh, but there was also Ange Christou. Oh, yes. Uh, Wolf. Wolf, yeah, yeah, that's right. Ange Christou runs a fish and chip shop near my place now. Right. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Well, the beauty of Isaac Smith getting booed yesterday was it was easy to count how many touches he had. Yeah. He just yeah. How many times have I heard a boo? Uh, 15, okay. So He's going okay. I spent the, the whole game just wanting him to get a goal. Yeah. I just, that's all I wanted. That would have, imagine if it was a one after the siren. And then there's. <laughs> he did say that in the post match. <laughs> I they, did. Yeah. They, they, uh, Abby went up to him and said, so, you know, he was really close. Were you nervous? He went, he just said, yeah, I just, I just knew I was going to get the kick after the siren. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then there's like your dog act booing, which is where someone does something, you like smack someone behind the play, then they get Booed for the rest mm. of the game. The Toby Green booing. The, to- the Toby Green booing. <laughs> I forgot there were so many varieties of booing in our beautiful game. And then there's umpire booing, yeah. which is generally just yeah. angry fans. Now, the, uh, the booing that I struggle most with is when it goes – so when I'm doing I don't like the umpires booing, say it goes – you know, there's been a few dodgy decisions mm. against the dogs and it goes to half time, and then I'm just booing. Now, usually in that situation, the dogs are losing. Yes. And, but I'm booing the umpires for their, their reason. They're the reason we're losing, but it looks like I'm booing my own team. Yeah, okay. And so what I, I need – there needs to be like as you're booing, if you have your right hand up, it's for the umpires – both hands mm. up, you're booing your own players. So, yeah, sometimes there can be blurred lines, yeah. which was what happened with Adam Goods. No, I'm booing him because he bloody dives. No, you're yeah. not. You're booing him because you're an asshole. Yes. <laughs> uh, and now, uh, now, what about this? In the, How do you refer to CJ while you're doing commentary? CJ? Yes. Or Jaff? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I try not to pronounce his first name out of respect of stuffing it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yesterday on the television, they yeah. were calling him CJ Jarth. Yeah, okay. And it's like, well, that's like saying ATM machine. It's <laughs> yeah. not, he's either CJ or yeah. he's Jarth. Yes. Or you could just. Or you hope his middle name might have a J in it somewhere. So Triple you can J. go CJ and then just throw in the last name on top of it. J Jarth, yeah. It's, I mean. I will. I would have to. I mean, Changuth. Yeah, Changuth. That's how we pronounce it. Yeah. Changuth. Yeah. yeah, is the is the first name. Yeah. Incredible story, though. I mean, here's a bloke, Del, who has been in our system, our system at Hawthorne, for four or maybe it'd be four. Even, I worked with him with the under seventeen Australian team, so the right. AFL Academy group, and he was a young man, you know, finding his way. Had this amazing aerobic yeah. capacity and had a little bit of flair about him. Yeah, the game I saw of him yesterday, and I watched their game on TV last week. He's going to be real good. He's real been, good. And he's an interesting – he was a slow burn at Box Hill, you know, as he was getting yep. to, you know, learn how to play at this level. But the last two weeks, he's just been mm. superb. He, um, we use the word confidence, and it's a little bit flippant. You know, he's got confidence or he's lost confidence. Yeah. He's gaining belief in yeah. his ability to fly for the football, to run off uh, at the right time. My favourite passage of play yesterday – Yeah was when he got the 50-metre penalty, about 25 out from oh. their own goal. <laughs> and he was running so fast down the middle taking that 50 that all the Geelong players had to get out of the way so I didn't give a double 50. Yeah. He was going that fast. <laughs> yeah. And at no point did he bounce it. He just kept running. The umpire didn't get a, a moment to place the mark to say, hey, here's your 50. The mark's going to be here. He ran through that because he'd yeah, beaten yeah. the umpire. I loved it. I just love that enthusiasm. Just go for it. And then he kicked it straight to two Geelong yes, players. Yeah, so, yeah. so when he that did. happened, immediately in my head, I thought, gee, I'd love to be in the review <laughs> tomorrow morning when Clarko pulls out that bit of vision because I reckon I reckon they would have a good laugh having a look at that yeah. in the review. He's fun. He's fun to watch. My, my favourite bit was when he was trapped with three Geelong defenders near the boundary line. And then just turned and ran away from him yeah. and bounced. But you're right, he's got that confidence. I've never had the ability and I never dared to think I could outrun anybody. Uh, yeah. So if I was under any pressure, I'd just panic handball or just get it on your boot. Yeah. You know, grab an extra stat as well along the way, which was always <laughs> nice when yeah. I was uh, following along at home. But what he does, and a handful of other players can do, is go, watch, watch me turn Bring this on. It. I'm just going to click it into oh, third, fourth, uh, yeah. and fifth, and you're not going to touch me. I love the confidence of a bloke who takes a bounce while there is a player less than a metre yeah. behind them. Yeah. They're just like, I just know I'm going to win this race. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just zig off the line just a tiny bit and they just can't get touched. Um, before we move on to the next game, are Geelong actually a bit shit? Because I was watching them yesterday. <laughs> mm. I was watch- honestly watching them thinking, I just don't like 
that stop, start, possession style of footy. And I don't think, I mean, what do I know? But I don't think that's a style of footy that's going to win you a flag I, this I, year. I don't, I didn't understand, and we spoke about it, yes, I don't understand the tactic coming into the game. Now, you look at yeah. the Cats' first three weeks. They get rolled in round one against the Crows. Yep. Blip on the radar, just had a shocker. Yeah. Expected to go over and win. Crows or whatever. Last week, Brisbane Lions could have, should have lost it, but yeah. get over the line and well done to them. But then their performance yesterday, and it was evident from the very first moments of the game, maintain possession. Yeah. Chip it around. And I'm looking at them thinking, are they trialling something here? Are they just seeing whether this style of football can hold up or have they previewed the Hawks and think, mm. we can't turn this footy over? They had it, without giving too many stats away, they had about 125 marks. Yeah. yeah. And I looked at Cam Guthrie's game yesterday, 43 disposals. 165 metres gained oh, from 43 wow. disposals. Oh. So that's roughly... See, see, CJ would have gained that in that in, one, in that one play. So <laughs> you are, I, I don't know what yesterday was. I, I don't think yeah. that style of football yeah. is going to be able to hold up and ultimately probably keep the Hawks in the game because they never actually put any pressure on them with scoreboard and, dominance. And I feel like that style is now that people have got su- such... You know, uh, strong defensive systems. Yeah, that style of play is really easy to defend against. Yeah, you've got so much time just to set up. Well, I'm also looking at it, and if I was a player, and if you are aware of what's going on around you, I'd be saying, I don't care if you keep chipping it around. I don't yeah, care if you yeah. have a hundred more disposals. You're it's not like anywhere near the goals. It's like your toddler running around the playground, going tie yourselves out. Yeah, yeah tie you yeah. have a good sleep. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't understand why yeah. they changed so much from the previous weeks. If they were just trialing something different, trying to do the game of years yeah. gone past, it I don't felt know. nostalgic. It very much <laughs> yeah. did because I was watching, you know, two teams who were, you know, used to be the absolute dominant yeah. forces in the league playing that old style game, and but, I was like, have I got the? If I got on Fox no- Classic, but what, yeah, did you, yeah. what did you notice with twenty minutes to go? Hawthorne the game changed. Winning. The intensity was different. Oh, yeah. There was a couple of times that the umpire didn't pay fifteen meter mark, so therefore they had to play on. Yeah. And the game opened up. It looked like it has been the previous couple of weeks. And it was up ex- to that, it wasn't. It, it was exciting. Hey, technical question. If you get a 50-metre penalty, does mm. that 50 metres go onto your metres gained? Surely mm. not. Surely that's the umpire's 50 uh, metres. I mean, I don't know how they exactly calculate metres gained, but I just I that would be an interesting know, one to get. I don't know. I assume not because yeah. I don't think you technically get it. But sh- yeah. here's one for you both, and I think yeah. this should happen. Champion data should work out a way – to take metres gained off you if you kick out a full back. Because you look at stats. Oh, so do you get metres gained for a kick out from full back? So if you're someone like Jack Siebel and you kick out for North Melbourne, you're getting 40 or 50 ticking over every time you kick out a full back and because they're giving up a lot of goals and behinds, (laughs) these numbers are through the roof. But they need to be able to deduct that off your stats and off your measurements. That should – so these days if you walk out – because remember in the old day, your kick out from fullback was not included yeah. in your stats. Yeah. Now if you walk out of the square and kick it, it's included, And they pretty right? much all do it. Right. So you're – so yeah, that's so – Maybe that you only get adjustment Their name's there. Billy, not Silly, because they yeah, step yeah. over that line <laughs> and they're technically getting more metres and your numbers look a lot better. As, the if, uh, <laughs> as if they're not looking at their stats <laughs> uh, as soon as they uh, get off the ground. All right, let's go on to um, – should we go back to the start of the round? Okay, so we just do, we do Hawthorne Geelong just to get your rage out of the way, <laughs> yeah. and then we move through to uh, yeah, sure we can do that. We can uh, Brisbane and Collingwood. I watched the end of this game at the we, Im- we did together. We, uh, were- we did together. We watched the end of this game at the Imperial Hotel in the city with Danny and I both doing our comedy festival shows. I haven't felt excitement in a pub watching footy like that. Mm. For a very long time, yeah. it was. I reckon there were three Collingwood fans there, yeah, and the rest of the pub was. It was unbelievable. It was bananas. I loved. I, yeah, I, I've, that's something that you don't think about in lockdown that you miss. Like you always say, you know, I miss the pub and I miss seeing my friends. Miss screaming with oh. strangers about a game that is, does not involve your team, yes. and then me and Ad Brown, who's the executive producer of Front Bar, singing every word to the Brisbane song. <laughs> finished as well. well first wasn't, all, it, wasn't it amazing? It was incredible. It was such a long time ago as well, going all the way back oh, to yes. Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was great. It, it honestly was. And take out of it, it was Collingwood, and take out of it what happened the previous yeah. week before. But it's part of the storyline that Zach Bailey was the same man that tackled Blixarves yeah. in the goal square. Yes. Could have had a shot pretty much after the siren a week earlier. I don't believe in fate. 
But I Bam. believe in this moment of just things oh, falling into place for a reason. Gods, yeah, there's are, something about that. Yes. There was something about it. It was, and even we saw Dane Zorko and Hugh McCluggage. Oh the, yeah, the, they, the, they came to Limo's show on uh, on they Saturday came to night. My show and I'm, on, I'm in the room next door. By the way, how tall do you? Well, hang on, I was about, this is what I've been asking people all weekend. You're going to know because you know footy. How tall do you think Hugh McCluggage is? Uh, for you to ask me that, he's either taller or smaller than you would normally think. Yes. I'd say he's about my height. I'm six one. I reckon he's a touch taller than me. He'd be one eighty seven. Well, I'm 187, yeah. and he was shorter than me. And I oh, just shorter. never got that vibe from him. Yeah, okay. Because he looks about two metres on the field. Oh, you reckon he's massive? I th- yeah, I thought he really? was. Really? Okay. Because he plays that well. Yeah, well, he's a good player. Yeah, he's, he's a fine never, player. He's never struck me as looking like that. Patrick Cripps, who I'm looking at on the screen up here, oh, he's, he's a bloke who, to me, I always thought was about six foot. Mm. But he is a, he is a massive well, unit. There's a change in the game. So, and clearly, I'm not the first one to state this, but going back 20 odd years, whenever I was starting, yeah. I was 6'1 and considered a taller midfielder for back in the day. You know, six foot was about your age. So I was slightly yeah. bigger, not that I ever played tall. And then I'll never forget the day I walked on to Subiaco. We we're playing Fremantle. Cinderlands was the Ruckman, who's a giant and yeah, so he yeah, should yeah. be. In, yeah. And I remember looking down at the first centre square bounce and I thought, he's one foot is the same size of me, both feet, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. the, the double ski. And I thought, geez, that's a big man. And he had like basketball boots on. They were specially made footy boots. I was like, yeah. geez, he's a big man. And I looked around. I was standing next to Lenny Hayes and Clint Jones, who was our tagger at the time. And it was Michael Barlow, who's way taller than I am, David yeah. Mundy, who's way taller than I am, <laughs> yeah. and a young Nat Fife. Yeah, right. And we looked around and I, you know, we were walk, working out our matchups and I looked at Lenny Hayes. I said, who do you want to take? And he said, it makes no difference. <laughs> they were all a foot taller than us. It was like, we are that outsized at the moment. I can't remember who our Ruckman was. It was like, it doesn't make any difference because all of a sudden we're all small midfielders. It so was like th- a realisation that, hey, this is changing That's, quickly. So that classic idea, remember back in the day it would be your follower would be about six foot tall. Yes. Then you'd always have a rover <laughs> yeah. who had to yeah. be like five foot ten for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Cripps is a monster and yeah. I've interviewed him a handful of times and I've played against him when he was really young. But even interviewing him feels uncomfortable because you've got to move the mic. When you're lollipopping <laughs> yeah. the mic, you've got to hand it, you know, like your Statue of Liberty, you're holding your mic above your head trying to let yeah. the man speak so he can hear him. He's a good-looking thing. I That's saw another funny. Brisbane line, by the way, on Friday night yes. after the Dogs game. So I did uh, my comedy festival shows and a couple of showcases. I left the Bulldogs game early. Uh, so I didn't get to actually see Josh Bruce kick his uh, winning goal because I had to oh, get to didn't my show. It was no big deal. That's nah, nothing. Um, but my mate, uh, Shane, who I go to a lot of uh, footy with, he went to the pub after the thing. He said, oh, I might go see some comedy festival shows. I'll meet you after. I rang him after my final gig and I go, where, you know, where are you? What did you see? And he goes, oh, I'm still at the pub. <laughs> and I met up with him in the street and he's, he's wasted. So I, he's going, oh, we're going to get more beer. And I go, all right, all right, let's go to a pub where I'm not going to run into anyone I know. <laughs> Because he's wasted. So we yeah. went to the Welcome Stranger on Burke Street. You know, that pokey's place that's very uh, kind oh of... Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, you know, yeah, right. They'll accept all sorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guess who walked in? We're watching the highlights of the Dogs Kangas game, but, you know, getting up, I'm trying well, to this, catch up to him. Guess who walked in? This is an embarrassing reveal for whoever it is. Eric Hipwood. Eric oh, Hipwood. big hippie. Big hippie. This is about midnight. You've lagged him in here real good. Yeah. So I will, I'll just point this, note. I will point this <laughs> he's, out. He's going to get dropped by Thursday. <laughs> Sober as a judge he was. Oh, he was not yeah, drunk. Yeah, was he? He <laughs> was. Because he saw us and I've just gone, there's Eric Hipwood. And he's like, you know, he's clearly been sprung. He went, good win, boys. And I went, thanks, baby giraffe. Uh, Eric. <laughs> so we call him the baby giraffe on this podcast. Gotcha. But he, he wouldn't know that uh, nickname. By the way, I called McCluggage the Scottish suitcase. That's our nickname for him on this podcast. And uh, he looked very confused. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so they, so Dane Zorko uh, said that he believed in the football gods with mm. Zach Bailey missing yeah. out on that tackle, but then kicking that goal after the siren. That just never looked in doubt, did it? And it's the it's the fastest goal celebration I've ever seen. Mm. The ball wasn't even over the man on the mark. It was incredible. And he was celebrating. Let me put it in this context. And I'm, I love golf. Yep. But so many times in golf, I've hit one straight down the middle. But by the time I pick up my tee, it's in the rough on the right. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, or if you're 10-pin bowling, you've rolled it down, you're like, that's going to be a strike, and it just veers off into the gutter. You're like, oh, that turned yeah. a bit later than I thought. He went so early, he was either going to be what he what he became and just instantly knew it off the boot, or you're going to look like a complete fool. Yeah. yeah. Now, it was the first option was the better option. <laughs> and every now and then in games, and you flush it, and you just know, and it makes a special noise almost off your breath, yeah. that proper thud. Yeah. But boy, he went early. Oh, boy, he went, he went early. early. <laughs> he went real early. 
Uh, but gee, it was just a joy Actually, watching. That reminds just to go back to Isaac Smith, that 2016 qualifier where uh, yeah. he, he missed the, the goal after the siren that could have beaten Geelong. Everyone went early because that yeah. went straight and then veered. Yeah. But I remember all the Hawks fans in the crowd going, yeah! And then, like Michael Chamberlain, who's another comedian Hawks fan, said it took him about two minutes till realise he'd missed. Is that right? He was celebrating well, with the, the Hawks, Hawks fans around Well, as the Hawks were going up celebrating then coming down, Geelong were on the other That's way. That's right. They were just crossing halfway he, through yeah. their stands. <laughs> yeah. Stopped watching. <laughs> so, um, But uh, anyway, always good to see Collingwood get beaten. <laughs> And, uh, and we do love Brisbane. They're our the soft spot we do. team yes. here on the podcast. What's the uh, next game, Lima? What's uh, the next, the next up, we've got uh, – we we're not going to sack Nathan Buckley this week. We'll sack him next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm, it's a fun game sacking oh, coaches. Oh, it? It's, it's its own sport, isn't it, really? <laughs> About potting coaches, potting umpires, sacking people along the way. It really is. Uh, Bulldogs North Melbourne. Now, the big question to come out of this game is – North, will they will they be called the Hobart Kangaroos or the Tassie Kangaroos or the Southern Kangaroos? <laughs> Liam, what, do, what do you think we're going to go with? I've already <laughs> said they're Northern Territory Kangaroos because then they keep North in there. Oh, that's okay. Oh, and I so believe we move Melbourne down there and the, they become the Tasmania Van Demons. Oh, wow. you've thought through this. You've done a lot more work on this yeah. than I have. Uh, you pl- you played at the uh, yeah. at North Melbourne. Uh, I mean, does it does – it, Break your heart on any level to see how terrible they are. Yeah, a little bit. And it's a weird one because I get asked quite a bit about it. But the first thing I always say is my experience is there. I can't relate to what we're seeing right now. Yeah, yeah. You know – well, you guys, you guys were pretty good. Well, we went prelim, prelim, knocked out in the finals, my three years there. So yeah. we were a good team that were competing week in, week out. We had great leaders. I got along with Brad Scott really well and a lot of people in the admin. Like, we were, mm. had a pretty good... Brad Scott's been tactfully quiet during this period. I'm sure a lot of journos yeah. are ringing on any comment. But I, I hate seeing any team get beaten like that, to be honest. Yeah. And we'll get to St. Kilda as well, and they were yeah. dreadful on the weekend yeah. By the as way, well. thanks for coming yeah. on on the worst <laughs> weekend. Well, I got, a, I got a tweet the other day. I should find it for you. It was... Um, it's from a random person. Got to feel sorry for at Nick Del Sano, so that way I, they made sure I received yeah, it. Yeah. His two old teams, a combined loss of 203 <laughs> points, oh. beaten by Adam Cooney's two old teams by 203 points. I was oh, like, wow. this person's gone out of their way to tag me in it, so I had to see it. It wasn't able to say it behind his back. I hate seeing any team get thumped. I'm starting to think there are a lot of arseholes on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you ever get ahead of yourself, as I'm sure you yeah. guys know, just check your Twitter feed oh, every now yes. and then. Yeah. Um, but they, they were bad. They oh, were bad in so many. If you're going to lose by 128 points, it's not one thing going wrong. It's nearly everything. It's nearly everything, it's going, nearly wrong. everything going wrong. And I've always said for a, fo- for a footy club to be successful, you can't just have a good playing list. You've got yeah. to have a good footy department, a good board, yeah. a good behind-the-scenes team in every aspect and of the And you know this from your club as well. 100%. A perfect example. When we were successful, every single one of those pillars was functioning perfectly. Yeah. So it was a, it was a real perfect storm. But North have got the opposite. Of a perfect storm. Yeah. What a, a, like a shit storm at the moment. Well, and it's a combination of probably everything that you said and without knowing a lot of the inner detail, but you've got new people in high positions. Mm. So when it's hitting the fan, you need some sort of person and whoever it is in that particular moment yeah. to say, I know how to handle this, you know, and I know as a collective yeah. how we all come together. But the bit that I can relate to is from the playing group. And if you just look at their list and take out their rate – they're not going to be a really good team anyway, just because of their list, demographic, yeah. who they are, the way that they're playing their football. I feel sorry for David Noble at this stage. And like, what, what, people uh, will come for him, and this is why I say this. When I looked at their performance on the weekend and probably the week before, when you don't give effort, and I mean proper AFL elite sort of effort, yeah. how's Nobes ever going to know whether it was the structure, whether it's his yeah. game plan, yeah. whether it's – there was so much not going right because of lack of effort, and it's – so Obvious why, at times. So why is why is there a lack? I mean, they're all competitive. It's not like they're not competitive individuals. Yeah. They've made it to AFL level. Yeah. They're but clearly some are more than others. I mean, we're talking about millimetres of degrees here. Yeah. And and there's everyone's going to be different to some level. But I look at teams sometimes and I think, how can't you be trying? Yeah. But there must be a collective psychology to it yeah. where everyone just goes – it, it, well, raise, if they're not putting in, I'm not putting well, in. you raise a great point. And if I bust my balls to get it inside 50 yeah. and then they put in no effort and let it bounce out, yeah. then I'm just not even going to chase it again. Well, a lot of it is also your purpose. So if you're Jack Siebel or you're one of the senior players and there's not a lot of them left there at North Melbourne, what's your purpose? How do you? What message are you betraying and what is your purpose yeah. from week to week, knowing that it's probably not going to be wins or losses because if you're going to focus on that – 
it's going to be a hard, hard year, which it will be anyway. Yeah. But what's your steps forward to say by the end of the year we've improved? Now, they may not win a game. I don't know. But at least they as taking little steps forward for next year. I just start to question your purpose when your effort isn't great. It's I remember talking to Kevin Sheedy about the Giants in the early days, <clears throat> and they were getting flogged every week. But he said he would just set tiny little goals. Yeah, boy, so for the second quarter, he would say, let's just kick two goals in this quarter. Yep. That's our goal. Yep. So even if the opposition kicks 10 and they kick two, that's a win. Yeah. Great. And what's great is uh, Leon Cameron's just brought that in for this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Leo, we'll, get, we'll get to him uh, get to him shortly. I just have to say about the, the dogs game, rather than focusing on the ruse, let's, uh, let's you know, because it was pretty good. No, I, I stuffed up. I've done, the I think, the biggest mistake of my footy watching career. Yes. I, uh, first of all, left early. So, yeah, mm. so to go Just do my show. And you, and you have notoriously left early, but it was because you were getting thumped the yeah, other way. Right. You wanted to beat the traffic. Yeah. No, I never leave early, Nick. <laughs> I always just go to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, with, yeah, so I had to leave early to do my show. So I missed the 10 goals and I moved seats. Ooh. In the first quarter, I was in my allocated seat uh, with my mate Shane. But then I got a call from another mate who said, there's heaps of room around so we can all sit together. Yeah. And I'd sat next to a lady uh, and she was very anti-Bruce. At the start, oh. just like he, 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 you know, he'd get under it, and he maybe didn't get the mark. She just went typical, <laughs> typical. Oh, I'm sick of this. And don't we go? And you know, I just, I always chat to people, and I've just gone. So you, you don't like Bruce? She just went. I just think he is not at the level, and he is no good. And I'm like, oh, he's done. He did kick a great goal last week. And, she was, and even my mate Shane said, "You're a very glass half empty lady." And she went, "I'm a Bulldogs fan." And I went, "No, oh, that's fair enough." But I left. I really wish I'd seen her in the last. Yeah. Quarter. Well, he kicked three in the first. Oh, geez, she's got high two. <laughs> Let me pose this to you both. What would you rather do? You're an AFL player. Would you rather be Zach Bailey, kick the winning goal after the siren against mm. Collingwood, Lemo? Yep. Or would you rather kick 10 in a game like Josh Bruce did? Oh, One or the other. Uh, for me, it's the goal after the siren. Yeah, it's got to be Bailey. You, you know yeah. what? When I was a kid, yes. and I was in, I grew up on a farm in South Australia, so I was out on in a paddock kicking between two rocks. Yep. I was always kicking winners. I was never kicking 10. Yeah. I was always kicking winners after the siren. That's yeah. right. There's no one so. just saying, what a, what a solid full game performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was always the winner after yeah, the siren. Who point. did you take the mark over when you were five points down in that grand final? Um, it was always North Melbourne when I was a young kid because oh, really? there was a North Melbourne Hawthorne rivalry in the mid mm. yeah. uh, 70s. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be like, you know, Keith Gregg maybe. Yeah, I'd take nice. the mark over. Never Barry Cable, he was too short. It might, might be Malcolm Blight. Mine was Dermot Brereton. <laughs> or the gasoline gasometer. Uh, oh. McNolan? Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just funny, a big w- when I was a kid, was I, loved, I loved basketball as a kid. Yeah. So I grew up in Bendigo. You took a mark over Michael Jordan. No, <laughs> I, no, I was Michael Jordan having the last shot in a game. Right. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, I'd do my own little commentary, you know, halftime Chicago. Oh, sorry, you know, second to go Chicago Bulls. Ball comes into my... Michael Jordan, and if I ever missed it, yeah. oh my God, there's too many men on the court, they've got to replay that <laughs> passage of play. Yes. And I'd keep going, and then I'd carry on and celebrate, but I always had to make the last shot. It might have taken oh. me three or four turns. Oh, oh no, there's been a timeout before that ball was passed in. They're going to take it again with one second left. I did, I did the exact same thing, but it was always like, the, the siren's about to go, Bulldogs are five points down. And if I missed it, it would go, and that's quarter time. <laughs> nah. I would do sometimes yeah. a 15 metre penalty if I if yeah. I. Yeah. Oh no, he's going over the mark. Yeah. I was see. I it's funny. You were Michael Jordan. I was always me uh, playing with yeah. Lee Matthews and Peter Knights and uh, Dipper and everyone else. Yeah. I was always Anthony Lehman in the as opposed to me being. I would have chosen Peter Knights. And what's I weird is uh, I was always Anthony Lehman. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, uh, on uh, on uh, basketball, have you seen the trailer for Space Jam Two? I have. They came out a couple of days ago. I saw uh, LeBron James's uh, pose. I loved Space Jam. And yeah. During lockdown, I've got three young kids and my two oldest of boys just turned six and just turned four. And we're scanning everything. I'm trying to get him into movies that I used to love. You know, Home yeah. Alone, they yeah, love yeah. the Goonies. So yes. I'm trying to get him oh, trying to get him into all these movies yeah. that I sort of grew up on. And one of them was Space Jam. Great. And it's just called the Michael Jordan movie to them. So yeah. they had loved that. And I yeah. look forward. Oh, I'm, I'm going out of my way to watch this second Space Jam. I think you know what? It's it's been made in the in the same. Spirit in the same genre, and I think it's going to be loved for all the same yeah. reasons as the original one was. Have you ever seen the ESPN Thirty for Thirty on Space Jam? No. What they do is they get a bunch of basketball commentators 
to talk about it like it was a real game. Oh, that's oh, good. Wow. That's and nice. it is freaking hilarious. Okay. Like they were um, – Who is it Foghorn Leghorn gets disintegrated on the court? Or, or Marvin the Martian. No, I think it's Foghorn Leghorn. Nick's watched it more recently. (laughs) So so then, but they'd be going, one of the commentators would be going, it's just unbelievable. I mean, they literally murdered Foghorn Leghorn (laughs) and they continued playing. I mean, the resolve from this team. So they talk about it really seriously. That's good. And it's hilarious. And there's a great ESPN 30 for 30 on Rocky Four as well. Where boxing commentators talk about it like it's a real okay. fight. Well, the, that's my afternoon. Oh, mate. It's, <laughs> and they're only about 10 minutes each. Okay. They're really good fun. We should do that about uh, some Aussie sports films, Backyard Ashes. Oh, oh <laughs> we should do. Yeah, we should. Actually, that's a good idea. We will do that. We'll put that on our to-do list. Actually, and I'm excited about that because uh, just uh, from what I've seen of LeBron in other films, he's in that film with Amy Schumer. That's he's right. A, he is a better actor than Michael Jordan. He's a good mm. actor. He's yeah. very funny in that. He's it's train wreck, it's called. He's that's hilarious right. he is too. in that. He's good in that the Sprite ad. Have you you would have seen yes. that Sprite ad? I like him yeah. even in that where he's trying to play it down a little. I think he's got some talent. He's quite and he's quite likable. Jordan, as much as we all loved him as an athlete, perhaps dipped a little on the likability <laughs> scale. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um all right, uh, Crows, Gold Coast Suns. Um look Tex okay. why is Tex Walker all of a sudden good again? Yes. Great question. Give Brewing it. question. Come on. I'll give you a stat uh, while you're thinking of it. I'll, I'll give you a stat. I'll, I'll go two ways on this. He wasn't right. that bad. Sorry, uh, he played really poorly last year, but he was never actually that bad. He just had to right. find it again. And I think as much as anybody in the league, he's benefiting from uh, the new rules. Yeah, you know right. what? He, he's a result of the Crows ball movement. And he always was. And you look back to a couple of the games. Yeah. I might get my years mixed up. Last year or the year before, when they moved the ball well, he looks like a rock star. Yeah. But when you're playing as a forward in that team that was slow and turning it over last year and missing tight, all that, you don't look great. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I mean, even I was up in Sydney last weekend when they played the Sydney Swans. Did he do they well? moved the ball well. Yeah. And he kicks five or six mm. or whatever he had. So I think he's just a real a really good result of what's happening up the field. And so, it's interesting that it's the Crows' older experienced players who are on the weekend, yeah. the ones playing good footy, yeah, yeah. which was the kind of opposite story to Sydney. Which yeah. is but don't we love when Tex is playing good footy? It's funny, like we were all yeah. sort of jumped on, oh, he's washed up, they need to – I mean, there was even talk about them trying to move him on last year and no one wanted him. Yeah. Now he's there he's in everyone's first soup. or second in the Coleman and we're all – yeah, I told you he was a good player. Why <laughs> did they ever think about getting rid of him? He's great for the club. And he's in everyone's super coach team. You know, he got the uh, high he, – he was the Crows' leading goal kicker last year with 15 goals. Yeah. And he's already scored 17 now. And that, oh, good stuff. That is the yeah, record great. for a player beating their the previous um, highest goal kicker from the season before. Oh, it's the quickest. Is, right? is he leading weeks. the Coleman? He is. Yeah, yep. he is. Yeah. I, I don't Bruce. know what Josh Bruce has kicked the he's first couple up. of weeks, but he's added 10 to it. Yeah, uh, 17, I think he's okay. gone to. Yeah. That's some good numbers. He's one, oh, yeah. he's one to you both. Yeah. And you've a man that, you know, 2008, Bud went over yes. 100. Yep. Are we a chance, in your opinion, are we a chance well, to see – a hundred. You've got an average four and a half. Yep. And Texas on track. Yep. At four and a half. Yep. And this he could it, even it now seems have some that weeks. it seems that the new rule is helping those mm. sort of forwards. I mean, I'd love to see hundred goals. It was just oh, so just, exciting. I remember uh, running onto the ground when Bud kicked his hundredth. Are we allowed to run on the ground with yeah, exactly. everything going on? I hope we're vaccinated by then. Oh, oh the co- can you imagine? Go oh, no social distancing if well, you run on the 75% ground. Seventy-five percent crowd. Then you have to say sorry. Every third seat's only allowed to run on the ground yeah. here. Or put yeah, a mask on. Kicks, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And sanitise on your way out. If you're going to pat a player on the back, can you make sure you've washed your hands for twenty seconds? Yes, you've got. You've got to log on a special run on the yes. ground QR code. Yes, <laughs> that's so true. If you go. Out there. Uh, anyway, good on uh, good on Tex and um, Gold Coast. That's enough about the Gold Coast Suns. Let's go to the next game. <laughs> Sorry to our Gold Coast Sun supporting listener. <laughs> um, Sydney and the Tigers. Mm, this as, is- as much as I loved seeing Richmond get beaten, mm. t- Sydney are just annoyingly good, mm. aren't they? Not annoying well, if you. I like Sydney. I love watching. I see. I'm not. I don't. I don't like Sydney. We've got our. We've got our rivalries. We'll, we'll turn on Sydney recently. soon, and maybe Lemo's gone early on him because we yeah. always love an underdog. Yeah. But once you start winning, we don't like winners here. No. So you've won no. three in a row, and you're not meant to win, which is that that doubles up. So we don't like that. So I reckon by round five or six, we've had enough of them. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll turn on them again. Oh, yeah. you know, it's the Kohler. It's you know their academy. It's and, the academy. And, yes. You, know, you guys up there get it better than anybody else. 
they're fun to watch. I, I must admit. And yeah. these young kids that have come in and they've got some really good ones, they just play fun football. And there's something about those young kids, and, and every club's got a couple of them. They've got a lot of them. They just play pure footy. Like yeah. They look like they're having so much fun. I mean, that young kid off the back line, Braden Campbell, he will be, in my opinion, by the end of the year, one of the elite kicks in the competition. But considered by everybody else, they've got one of the best kicks in the comp already. That's the kid Hawthorne were meant to pick up. In the draft, because <laughs> Sydney were going to had Sydney had told Barras that they were taking him. Okay, in the draft, so Hawthorne were like, "Well, they're going to take Barras. We'll get Braden Campbell." Yeah, and then Sydney just at the last minute went Braden Campbell, Apparently and then Hawthorne were like, "What the was pick five or something?" Yeah, was so then we got high? we took Barras at the, as the next pick. Mate in my uh, Bulldogs WhatsApp group last night said we were supposed to get uh, Kaiser Pickett. Uh, yeah. But then the D's like snatched him the one before, so we got uh, we got Cody Waitman, who's a great young yep. kid. But you know, Kaiser, yeah, so exciting. isn't he doing some stuff, Cozy oh, Pickett? Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to see if the uh, rising star for the week has been announced yet, because it looks like it's going to be Sydney, or quite possibly three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row, yeah. yeah. I, no, surely it's that Essendon kid. Um, the the what's his name? The I don't know if he's rising star. Actually, he might be a bit too old. I did their game on the weekend. My, I was there. I've got I'm to go to through think. my uh, t- name. What's his uh, uh, Ridley? Oh yeah. Or is he too no, old? No, no, oh, no. He's Ridley's too old. been oh, around. No, 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 he's yeah. a good player. I just haven't he's, paid attention yeah, to him. No, <laughs> didn't he won their best and fairest yard last year? Wasn't that Ridley that won their BNF? Uh, I don't know, but he's been very good for a while. He's a good. He's a good super yeah, coach. Yeah, inclusion yeah. that but he's a good player. Still on the Tigers. I just want to say to everyone who's excited that they lost. This is false hope. This happens with all the great teams. Hawthorne used to do it during all your three-peat mm. years. You'd drop an early game. Mm. So we'd all go, ha-ha, it's over. <laughs> yes. We don't have to worry well, about them anymore. And yeah. Well, now well, say don't, don't. It's a blip, isn't it? It's a blip. And I think Damien Hardwick's post-game press conference sort of said that. He goes, it's a great opportunity to learn. He goes, we'll work through this. <laughs> yeah. We'll, yeah. And I think if you're in that position, it's a place of luxury. Like Life's been okay for them for the last four or five years. Yeah. You don't stress about it. You nip it in the bud early and you move on. I prefer to go the other way. Who have they beaten? Carlton <laughs> yeah. and Hawthorne. <laughs> they got beaten by Sydney. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's a big red flag there. Who have they got next week? I'm just finding that the out. Tigers are playing Port. Port? Yeah. Oh, the revenge match. Friday, Friday night. I think. Playing Port in Adelaide. Yes. Yeah. And Port are hurting because the Eagles. The Eagles gave beat them. them. Question for you, Nick Del Santo. Mm. Are Port. <laughs> No, I'll rephrase it. How many goals better team are Port at home? It's a great question. Because I reckon they are a significantly yeah, better team. I don't have those numbers because I'm sure there's... In fact, almost a, more a than... Definitive number. I mean, those Perth teams are obviously better at home. Yeah. But I reckon Port almost more than anyone is so yeah. much better at home I reckon than they are away. Optus is as hard as any ground particularly when you play West Coast, is any ground to play at. Like the, yeah. I don't know if you guys have been there. That I ground have. is a delight. The crowd is so... On you. It's intense. It's a coliseum. It is. And it, it's yeah. a brilliant place to watch footy. they got the light show. It feels like you're at a concert. Yeah. The eagle that flies yeah. around. And they have a, a real bird <laughs> yeah. that flies. Like, oh, this is getting pretty serious <laughs> in this place. Um, yeah. So I'd say it, I'd almost put Optus in its own sort of category. Is right. It might be even compounded worse there. But it's got to be, say, four. I think yeah. you're a four better goal team. And it may not be deliberate, but you just feel more comfortable. Like your depth yeah. perception's better where you've been at a ground yeah. a lot more often. And I can remember grounds. I'll give you one example. You know, MCG and Eddie Had Stadium, for me, at any moment you knew sort of where you were. Without thinking about it, you yeah, knew how yeah. far the forwards were away. You go to Subiaco back in the day, it's an extra 15 metres either end. So you lose your, your depth. Yeah. You go to Olympic Stadium. Is that what that one in Sydney was called? Uh, you know that show or that the one oh, was – Homebush. Homebush. Added Homebush, Oh, yeah. that one. And oh. the boundaries were really tight. So we were kicking it out of bounds on the full all the time there yeah. because you lose yeah, your, right. your depth, yeah. in my opinion, your depth perception. Because mm. um, fans are really sympathetic to that, yeah, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they'd understand the that. They'd understand all that. Ball. But it is true. That's how I felt back in the day. Yeah. 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 Um, so let's hope – that it's not a blip for the Tigers. No. <laughs> Do you think Port are going to be good? What's your take on the way Port I, have started? Well, I was disappointed with them on the weekend. Well, let's uh, let's talk about Port West Coast. I was because uh, I was really on Port mm. big, big time. Like they were my tip for the flag. Yeah. But partly out of hope that ri- it wouldn't be Richmond. Yeah. I mean, this could be a blip for Port. But Port's that Port have got a very they've got a good list. Yeah. They've I'm, got a I'm very good list. I think you're spot and on. And that's a really good team. And they're going to. Probably they should win 11 games at home. Mm. Uh, so they should finish top four because they'll win 
at least half their games yeah. I'm away, and that, but that makes them top four. Yeah, I look at Port's list, and I've said this for a couple of years. If you look at their team like a jigsaw, they've got all the pieces. You know, you've got hard-nosed yeah. inside midfielders, you've got ball users, you've got Charlie Dixon, you've got a really solid defence. Youth youth and age as There's well. There's some excitement with these young kids. Yeah. You've got, you know, Travis Boak, I think, is just a superb footballer and leader. Great example. So I think they've got everything you could ever want. Yeah. Just got to get it done. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. Just, you know, towards the end of the year, they'll put themselves in a position, but you just got to get it done in those moments. Um, so let's see if they uh, can get it done. West Coast Eagles, well, they look good again. It's such they? a terrible game. I was so like this is the one I was excited about for yeah. the whole weekend. I, I want to give advice to Shannon Hearn, who's <laughs> playing career best football. Yeah. So I'm not going to give him advice about footy. No way. But Shannon, mate, as a fellow receding man, call defeat, mate. <laughs> Go the shave because you will. Because the thing is, because Shannon's Hang so on, what's tall. He, what's he rocking at the moment? Well, he's yeah. just got. He's just. He's got a bit of a crew cut, but he needs to go the full shave. I just get rid of it. Just get rid of it, because, mate, dude. Is uh, that a hard decision? Yes, it is. Okay. But wait, but mm. you feel so good afterwards. But is that where you need honest friends and a leadership group to say, hey, you <laughs> know, <laughs> this is off. This is off topic. We're not talking footy today in this leadership <laughs> meeting. Yeah, <laughs> it's Tuesday morning. This is leading team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have those. Mate, who do we need to support today? Well, so and so needs to be. He didn't play very well on the weekend, and we need to speak to Herney. No. Well, okay. No, well, 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 you you played with Brent Guerra, yeah, Goo Man, yeah. <laughs> the original, <laughs> the one original. of the great men, the Goo Man. Did you? And you know, he he turned up at Hawthorne, and I did a double take. Yeah. I thought, who's? Oh, that's Brent Guerra. You drafted two players that year. <laughs> we, we did indeed. The rug and the man. <laughs> Could you? Did he cop a bit of grief from you boys after he turned up we, with hair at Hawthorne? We, we used to do at the end of training and times have changed. We used to do under twenty four. So you'd always have a set shot, and it was sort of to put yourself in those moments. Yeah, you know, yeah It's yeah. like taking a penalty shot at yeah. the end of your soccer yeah. training. We'd always have one set shot, and we used to call it the gauntlet. So it was the under-24s versus the over-24s and Brent Guerra was his own category. <laughs> wow. And you would line up on either side and you'd yeah. have to walk through the gauntlet and yeah. kick your goal under pressure and you could say pretty much whatever you wanted. Yeah. We won't be speaking about that on this, pod- on this <laughs> yeah. podcast. But Gooey was always his own category because he was a man-child. Yeah. You know, he looked like he was in his 40s, so he'd be allowed to kick by himself. Yeah, he. I mean, he, did. he looked 45 when he turned up at Hawthorne. Yeah, that's right. And played, I reckon... Eight years for us after that. He was a good player, wasn't he? But he was a very good, very good footballer. Very good footballer, but it won't be the uh, – with all due respect to you guys, you mm. don't know what it's like. You wouldn't tell a balding man to shave his head because you've not crossed the journey. You've mm. not crossed the river. Mm-hmm. So uh, really, as someone who's done it – and it's a decision – no, it wasn't my friends or even my wife. My wife said, you look fine. Mm. She's, a, she's a great woman. Yeah. But uh, I knew <laughs> yeah. and I shaved it and then I was like, yes, this is what was supposed to happen. And then you get the people going, yeah, you were – you needed so but that also Did Shannon's so tall people probably can't see it and the, you know so they don't know how they're but we're seeing the cameras down on the ground yeah. Yeah. Ernie mate it's like finals time when at the MCG they have that roaming camera that's sort yeah. of above everybody oh, yeah. and they only bring it in when a big game's on yeah that's when you find out how you're tracking <laughs> you see if you that's when you find out what's going on behind you <laughs> see if you bald spots there you work with, you work with Jordan Lewis at, uh, at Fox footy yes because Louis all of a sudden Looking quite thick on top. Yeah. Also, the colour of Geordie's hair needs to be raised. He's gone, know, da- gone dark. Very, very dark. Very dark. dark. A right. little bit of boot polish, I I'm, reckon, I'm from Jordan. That, I'm in that zone as well. I use a bit of powder just to cover up the, the oh, thinness really? on top here. Uh, yeah, yes. if, I've got a, if I've got a gig or something... I just drop a bit of powder in there and just th- thickens Is it right, right up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all beauty advice as well on this podcast <laughs> everywhere coming to we your co- We cover it all. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to uh, Essendon and the Saints. We have oh. to talk about it. Yes. I and was talking to a St Kilda fan on Saturday night who said to me, well, that's it, season over. And mm. I went, hang on a sec. Yeah, I looked at the ladder and said, you're only a game out of the eight. So I don't know that I'd be writing off the season. Yeah. Um, Have you seen the next month? Uh, well, the let's next ha- month's a big, big issue for the Saints. Let's have a little look at it here. So you've got uh, – oh, no, it doesn't give you next five matches. But Well, you've got it's West right. Coast uh, next week. That's an issue. West Coast into Richmond. Ooh. Into Port Adelaide at Adelaide. Yeah, right. But then two buys, Hawthorne and the Suns. <laughs> well, nothing's an easy game. Do you want to talk about the Saints? Not when you – when you're down that end of the ladder, there are yeah. no easy games. No, no. And, and so what – because, I mean, there were really – most people had St Kilda in their eight yeah. At, oh, the, yeah at the start of the year and everyone was pretty buoyant. 
you did some good recruiting last year. I'm trying to remember who Crouch. you picked up, but I know you did some good recruiting. Uh, Brad Crouch came out. Uh, Higgins, Jack Higgins came in from yes. the Tigers. Yes, I'm trying to think, there's one or two. Uh, Mason Wood was a late pickup oh, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. Kangas. Yeah, it, it's funny because when we talk about teams and we do it when we're calling any particular game, you almost call on what you expect. So you look yeah. at the performances from the weekend. The Saints were worse than the Kangas because the Saints are better than what they dished up. Yeah, the Kangas are probably better than a 128 point loss. But not by much. Like, they're meant to lose. It's just reality of the game at the moment. They haven't got a great list. And that was top v bottom. Correct. And we've got to put it in perspective. The Saints shouldn't be losing by 75 points to an undermanned Essendon. It doesn't make any sense. And when you're – in comedy, right, we talk about – and I had one of these shows during the comedy festival. We talk about walking on stage – and knowing within thirty seconds that's going to be a shit show. Can you really? Is that you, true? You just get a you get a vibe off the audience where you just go, ah, oh, Jesus, this is going to be hard work. Really? You yeah. know, and conversely, yeah, you can walk out and know within thirty seconds this show is going to be a blinder. You yeah. just get a vibe. Do you know within the first five minutes of the game? Do you go, ah, oh, Jesus, we're off? Uh, sometimes. Some. Yeah. I always find that really difficult because the other one is, can you get a sense of it during the week or in the rooms prior to a game? Yeah. There's, I think it's probably easier the other way where you know that you're on. You know, yeah, I right. think it's harder to find the ones where you, you almost walk away going, what the hell happened there? I didn't see that coming at all. They're the dangerous ones. But yeah. from memory, you could always tell when, it, when you're up and about. You knew it was going to be a good yeah. performance. But the, the first five minutes of that Saints game, I always had the feeling, and even last week against the Ds, it'll click. It'll click. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll come. They'll turn it on. That's me yeah. in the stands. And that's now happened two weeks in a row where it never came. Like, it never got going. And then, once again, I talked about effort before. Brett Radden's in a bad position where he can't assess that team fairly because, because their effort was so poor. And effort can be measured in different ways. And leadership mm. can be measured in different ways. Mm. There's vision of them not chasing. There's vision of them not doing the little things to make significant so, improvements. So when you say to a player, when you show a player vision yep. and you can say, why why weren't you chasing? Then what do they say? I don't know if they have that conversation anymore. Back in the day, and I've spoken to a couple of ex-St Kilda teammates, and I said to them, I said, if that was any of us 10 years ago, we'd be dropped. Could oh, you imagine really? Ross Lyon with – 100%. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I got dropped in 2008, and it wasn't off one act. I'd had a poor few weeks, and my yeah. effort wasn't great. But it was based on that, that if you did it once, you, it'd probably get brought up. You know, yeah. Lemo, we need to see better effort, yada, yada. You go, yeah, fair enough. You do it multiple times, or you do it week after week. Hey, go, go have a rest. Go earn your spot back. But I don't know if they go down that path anymore. Yeah, because they're nicer. Oh. It's, all, it's, all uh, sort it's of, a different world. <laughs> we're, it we're having is. a reimagining of the side, and you are in the twos. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just I, a different way that you speak to each other. Like, I feel like as a as, as a fan, I've personally wanted to turn up to a review meeting mm. to say to players <laughs> myself, "Why the weren't you?" Chasing in that. I can almost promise you they don't say that anymore. They don't speak to mm. players, don't speak to teammates like that anymore. Coaches don't speak like that to players mm. anymore. And I feel a bit removed because it doesn't mean that we were always right. Like, let's put it that way. What's like the, the opposite? New, yeah. What's the new the world of- might be the way to go about it, <laughs> but it is different to what I grew up with. Let's put it that way. Yeah. What's the opposite of a brave new world? A fearful new – it's a fearful new world where Timid. people just won't. Yeah. Do you think the Saints will respond? Oh, yeah. From what you've seen? Mate, they're a good young side. Um, I mean, they're just young and – young sides are always going to be a bit inconsistent. And yeah. I think this is – I reckon they will upset one of uh, – so who do we Richmond, say? Richmond, West Coast, Port. Port. I reckon they will definitely win one of those games. So what's that make them? Two and – does that go to two and two four? And, two and three, two and, that'd yeah, be. Yeah, something like that. A two and four. Yeah. That'd be two and four. Yeah. Is there – but do you – but you feel as though you've got all the – to use your analogy, jigsaw piece puzzles? Not to win a flag. Not enough to win a flag. Not to win enough a flag. to be at finals. Yep. To continue team, the, to continue the path forward. Yeah, I think they're around the mark. Not to win the flag. They're still missing some. Aggression goes out of the team with an Achilles yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for ages. Yeah. So he's pretty much done for the year. I still look at the group, and I said before the season started, if they can play finals and win one final like they did last year, I still see that as a step forward. Even though technically they haven't yeah. got any further. But that's being able to back it up. They've got a harder fixture this year, so I think that's still a, a working in the right um, direction. They're still missing some pieces for me. If you mm. want to, I'm talking about beating the Tigers on Grand Final Day, yeah, beating yeah. Port Adelaide, West Coast, 
Geelong, the good teams. Yeah, yeah right. I still think they get beaten on that day. And how's how's Ruff going out there? You see that? So I credited <laughs> St Kilda's resurgence to Jared Ruffhead yeah, last so year. Do you therefore put it back on him now that he's no, no, no? no. I think yeah, you're going to still give him the credit. I think they're letting him down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, you know him extremely well. Yeah. I know they love him. I mean, yeah, how everyone can you does. not? I mean, yeah. how can you not walk past him? And go, he's a good fella. Isn't yeah, he? yeah. Like, he's he's at the time of day. They've played against Jared Roughhead. They know what he's done. They know the way that he speaks and the relationships that he's already built. Yeah. Ripping bloke. Great he's person to have in your foot. And rats is, a, rats is a ripper as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. On, on rats, good. by the way. Uh, thanks to our friends at Useless AFL Stats. Um, <laughs> this is the biggest win for a coach against another with one letter difference in their surname. Ratten versus Rutten. Oh. How do they find that? How do you <laughs> go back and search that sort well, of data? The last one was uh, Longmire lost to Longmuir last year. <laughs> <laughs> I like where this is there heading. There you go. Uh, and also I want to give a shout out to Archie Perkins, my new favourite bomber. Yeah. Uh, because he I mean, he, was, he played really well. He's a good young. But he yep. looks and the name Archie Perkins yep. makes him sound like the love interest in a period drama. You just oh. all, all of... Archie Perkins. So I like, feel like Archie Perkins should be some sort of because I'm thinking Archie Roach and Tex Perkins. I feel like it should be some oh, sort of musical yeah. act. No, no, he's a he's a very good looking long. He looks like the cover of a. Are Mills you saying Archie Boone. Roach and Tex Perkins you aren't good looking? Of, <laughs> is it the King of Portsy? Was that what his famous yeah. Archie Perkins' famous social media post was last year? Oh, really? I didn't oh, that's go right. Find that. It was too. Go, it's entertaining. And then it's then a video popped up of him. Uh, smashing some shots and carrying on like a pork chop. That'd be him. He's pre- he's pretty happy with his own he's work. Not shy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I don't mind that in a kid as well. You've got to no. have a little bit of spunk no, about you. No, no. I know when um, when Ryan Burton turned up at Hawthorne a number of years ago, I remember the boys saying, he's got a little head wobble, this kid. We like it. Yeah. 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 You want him to have a bit of confidence. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. All right. um, We're well, on the hour mark now, Leems. Let's power through these last two games. Carlton, Frio. Uh, where's where are, where are these two teams headed, Dell? This well, year, well, without Nat Fife, they're always going to be in massive strife, in my opinion. I know they got Walters back, which sort of like for like, but not quite. When you can have a two-time Brownlow medalist, yeah. Um, the Blues are still a question mark, and I and I still think that mm. they they've got an improvement to do. But I've looked at their list for the last two years and being involved in trade period and all that sort of stuff and trying to analyse. They've got a lot of really good players that need to stay together for a couple of years. But we just spoke about. The Saints, for mm. example, we've spoken about the Kings about taking small steps forward. I don't know if they're improving. I, think, I don't know. I, I, I can tell you they are. I can tell you they are. Tell because, me how. Uh, do you remember the famous stat that was put out last week of uh, Carlton uh, none and two for the ninth year in a row? Yeah. This week they are one and two for the third year in a row. Before that, it was all none and threes except for a blip in 2017. There we go. Okay. Oh, so they're improving. They, they were none and three for like the, for six out of seven years and now they're one and two. I think Carlton's <laughs> biggest problem over the last sort of 10 or 12 years is they just haven't been able to get their hands on any first round or number one draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, aside from the, they've got to go to the draft. <laughs> aside from the seven they've had. <laughs> I thought Cripps's response... And, and I, I spoke about this yesterday and it's still... It's more of a, a mental thing, but... Even his teammates said, oh, he, you know, he responded so well, almost from this outside noise, people like us talking about yeah. his performance and some have said that the inside midfielder might be useless going forward, that he had to respond to those people. What about just responding because you're a proud footballer, because you're the captain yeah. of that club and you actually love winning? Yeah, yeah, isn't, yeah. That enough, isn't that enough motivation just to get back on the horse and go out and play well rather than, well, I proved you wrong, I heard what you said this week, I proved you, and ticking off. I just find that a, a weird mentality that, and I'm not saying that Cripps did this. Yeah. But he bounced back after having a couple of quiet weeks. I always I always found that funny as well when, you know, a, a journalist would write an article. Yeah. Say, oh, this is going to motivate the Hawks. Yeah. I was like, well, what were they struggling for motivation? Yeah. Aren't they all competitive athletes who want to I can tell you, in footy? my 15 years, not once did we ever put a newspaper article on a wall <laughs> as in yeah, like yeah. a team and say, hey, <laughs> look what Lemo said about you guys. You want to prove him wrong? All right, there's your motivation. I don't even have to coach this week. I've got the week off. Go do it. Finally, you boys have got a, got a reason to win. Um, and, uh, and finally, GWS and Melbourne, I mean – should we start sacking Leon Cameron? We haven't even started sacking him yet, have we? No, we haven't, but uh, I, we don't have to. Other people will do that. He's, he we, had a rough – everyone's watched that um, Amazon Prime Yeah, thing. I haven't seen it. Neither have I. I nah. don't have Prime. But everyone says he looks like the villain in that, and yeah. so that's not a good I just mix. wonder how he's portrayed, whether it's got a little bit of maths about it where someone oh, yeah. has to be the villain, you know, de- big brother, someone has to be the bad guy. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a bit of editing 
in yeah. that area. But what I will say, I was up there in Canberra on Sunday for that game. I tipped the Giants and I look at their list and there's obviously some disconnect with the quality of plays that they still have and the way yeah. that they're playing their football. But I don't think it's fair to judge GWS on that performance. You can judge them on years gone by, on their first two weeks. But when Phil Davis goes down 30 seconds into the second quarter, your best defensive yeah. um, defender, then Steve Cornelio goes down 10 minutes later and then Matt DeBoer, who was all over Clayton Oliver, I don't think that's fair to judge him because they yeah. had a crack. They were right in the game. Toby Green goes on and kicks five. He was great. With 10, min- with 10 minutes into the last quarter, you think, oh, this could be one of the great wins. They were cooked. They, they were, were just so tired, had no interchanges left. They were done. So I just don't want them to be judged on that performance. It's not fair. And uh, and should we also not judge Melbourne on that performance? Because they're now three and zip. Mm. And <laughs> First time since 2006. Is That's it? Right. 2006 yeah, right. was the last time. People, when the great Neil Danaher was uh, coaching them, yep. and people would not have uh, foreseen this, because a lot of people were starting to question Melbourne. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Mostly so, their own fans. Simon, <laughs> Simon Goodwin was one of the coaches who was getting sacked before the season had started. Yeah. yeah. I'm not completely on them just yet. Right. I haven't completely pushed all my chips in. I think they'll play finals from here, and I think they're still a good team. I don't know if the team that they currently have is good enough, but if they can bring in two of their key forwards that aren't playing right now, they might look completely different. So I want to give them time. I'm not all in like some others are right. just yet. Yeah, my, I spoke to – because uh, we just we saw watched this at a pub, Limo and I, but we just finished our last show. So there was a few beers had and not a lot of attention paid. But uh, my mate, Adrian, who's a big Demons fan, said, uh, uh, Cozzy Shine, Maxi out of blind. Uh, yeah, true, uh, true. But still too many bombs inside 50 for no conversion. Yeah. So well, mm. I mean, that, that that's a really good – Cozzy Pickett. Like, he he's may a, take mark of the year and goal of the year in the one passage of play. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, he's that fun to watch. Yeah. And he's, he's already created that murmuring like when Dusty gets near the ball. Yeah, but yeah. it's like a, oh, oh like, yeah, what's yeah. about to happen? It's this great feeling. But that's a great summary. Maxi Gorn was superb. Cosy Pickett was awesome up forward. But as I just mentioned, they're still missing two of their key forwards and Ben Brown's yet to play for yeah. a new club. So bring them back in or bring them in. Don't know. I think there's upside. And they're on top. Yeah. Uh, undefe- the three undefeated teams, Dogs, Swans, Demons. And uh, fun fact, uh, we've beaten both those teams in grand finals. Not bad, is he? Yeah. Uh, and fun fact, Cosy Pickett's dad, stand-up comedian. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. yeah. Kevin Crop. Uh, Josh pronounced his name better last week. Kevin yeah. Cropnieri, I think, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a very... How's the show oh, you, how has the show's been going? Good. Well, we're both finished now, yeah. uh, but they were great. They were great. It was yeah. really, really well, fun. We've spoken about AFL crowd numbers down. You know whether it's Comedy, still a little bit cautious it, or public transport people don't want to get on it. What's the numbers been like it, at the festival? It took a while. Ticket sales were very slow for everyone. Yeah, early on because people. I mean, the city could go into lockdown at the drop of a hat, so mm. people were being really cautious about yeah. buying tickets. Do you know, I got up one time during a Stephen K. Amos. Um, oh, did you? Yeah, I got up on stage. I got picked out. I was one of two or three people. Uh, I was going back maybe – I was still playing, so maybe six, seven years ago. And I was Did just, you know who you were? No idea. But he, that was part of what happened. It was completely by accident. I was literally sitting front – a couple of rows back with my now wife and a, and a mate and his partner. And he's called a couple out. And I can't even remember whether he was going to rip shreds through us or make yeah. fun of us. And I've got up there and he said this and that. And he goes, and what do you do? And I said, I'm a uni student. <laughs> anyway, there was a couple of little giggles. And yeah. It must have been semi-recognised. And there was a, a, a Herald Sun journal, I can't remember who it was now, who wrote an article off the back of it basically saying, oh, right. he's a liar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the first time and only time I'll ever get up stage and do some comedy. Was yeah, it because no. it it's the Herald Sun? Was it like, will, will Nick Del Santo's lies derail the smell? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Bad culture. Yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. Shut it down. True. <laughs> uh, well, Nick Del Santo, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated, mate. And we need to plug, um, we're doing a live pod on Anzac Day at the Comics Lounge. Uh, Come down now that we've finished our comedy festival shows. We're going to focus on promoting this. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a debate at halftime about who has it worse, Melbourne or St Kilda. (laughs) Who's it worse Uh, to support? Who's it worse to support? Because oh. Saints have waited since 1966. The D's since 1954. 64. A uh, 64. But Saints actually make grand finals, so there's always a bit of hope. They're both not great results of the way it currently stands, <laughs> is it? That makes it sound even worse. So uh, we will find out on the day. Uh, so where can people get tickets for that? At the Comics Lounge? At the Well, no, I don't think they've got it yet. There is a try booking thing. Just go to our socials. They came to play on Facebook. Uh, they came to play pod. There we go. Thank you, Danny McGinlay. Thank you. Go, Dogs. Go, Hawks.